I want to pose this question to you, those of you that are looking at something and you are absolutely terrified of the result of stepping forward and summoning the king or what, whatever it is that you're facing. God has given you the opportunity to do that. Do you want him to pass you by and give it to somebody else? Who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Who knows? This could be your moment. Who knows? It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. How is everyone out there today? Back to school. We are all going back to school. Even if you're not going back to school and you have children, you are actually going back to school because school kind of dominates everything if you're a mom during this time. Back to school. That's what's happening in my life. Uh, We are going to talk about something amazing after the break and you guys this is like is straight out of my own quiet time it's not going to be all i like to call it greasy today i actually have zero notes (laughs) don't let that scare you normally those are the best ones maybe this is going to be the worst one i don't really know it's going to be we're just going to go with the holy spirit flow over here uh, but we are going, I'm going to be talking about something that the Lord has really been speaking to me about. And I've been studying over the last few weeks in my own quiet time. And that is Queen Esther. We're going to talk about Queen Esther after the break. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Uh, let me, before we get to Esther, my girl, Esther, w- there is so much happening in my life right now. <laughs> It's like an avalanche of stuff. Uh, But one really, really amazing thing that happened was last week, my son, Moses, he is seven years old, uh, and I went on a little mommy Sunday. I love to take my kids one-on-one. Those of you that have more than one child or even more than two children, sometimes you're like, okay, I won't speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I always want to make sure that my kids know I that, first of all, there are zero favorites in our house. They're all my favorites. All four of them are my favorites. And I want to make sure that I am hearing each one of them and I am in tune with each one of them. And the way that I do that is take them out alone together. Moses is one of those. He has got so much going on in his mind. He's got a very active mind. So he will literally talk to you forever. If you sit down and talk to Moses, he will tell you all about himself. And he's, he's, he's just a talker. But last week was his week to go alone with mommy. And I booked a table. It was so cute, you guys. I can't even handle it. It was so cute. I booked a table at a place where Eddie and I actually go here in um, Dallas. It's a steakhouse because Moses loves steak. And this is very special because we don't go to these steakhouses with the family a lot. Eddie and I will go on our date nights, but um, we don't go with the family a lot. So I made a reservation in Moses's name, Moses Miles. We both got dressed up and we, it's about a 30 minute drive from our house to go to the steakhouse. And so um, we're in the car. Of course, I'm driving because he can't drive yet. (laughs) And he's in the back and um, just chatting up a storm about everything that's going on in his world. And we pull up to the steakhouse and there's like a valet guy because it's a nice one, right? And so um, he valets the car and we get out and we walk in. And we sit at this really fancy table and Moses is just so overcome by the atmosphere (laughs) and just by the fact that it's just me and him that he just starts talking about everything, you know, the, the booth, the, the bread, the butter, the salt, the pepper, you know, the, why are the people wearing tuxedo? Why are they, why are, why is there this tablecloth? Why is it, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, just so much content coming out of his mouth. 
Um, and I sit down, and there's no kids men- menu, but Moses eats this exactly the same amount as a grown man. So I'm like, you can order something, whatever you want, buddy. You can order. It's our special night. So he orders jumbo shrimp, and that you know they serve our, our food and everything. And I just sit. For you guys, two and a half hours. I'm on one side of the booth. He's on the other. And he's eating these shrimp, which I don't know why it took him so long to eat these shrimp. Took him forever. I kept saying, eat the shrimp. He was talking. That's probably why. But between each bite of his jumbo shrimp, he was um, telling me all about the things that matter to him. And I just, I was listing like, Bob, do you know, he's so into fishing. Do you know what this kind of a reel is? Do you know what this kind of a bobber is? Do you know what this kind of a fish is? And my answer is no, 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 no. I'm not a fisherman. I'm not a fisherwoman. I don't know. And so he he loves it when I say no, because then he gets to tell me what it is in great detail and where you can buy it and how much it is and what he's going to do chores around the house in order to pay for it when he gets one. I mean, it's like a whole thing. Moses is a delight, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him for like for almost three hours, you guys, as he's eating these shrimp, which they're probably disgusting by the time we left. And he is pouring out his tiny little precious, handsome, dressed up heart to me. Mom, did you know this? And what do you think about this? And why is this this way? And why is this that way? And I literally, I, I didn't want it to end. You know those moments that you have in your life where you just sit and you're like, Lord, it's like Joshua when he was like, son, stand still. That's kind of what I was like, steakhouse time, stand still. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was staying in Joshua that day. But I didn't want anything to progress. I wanted to like freeze frame that moment forever. And I do have it, you know, in, in my in my heart, you know, and Mary like, pondered everything and, and hit him in her heart. And that's kind of what I did with this date. But he was delighted to tell me all the things about fishing and when his dad fell into the lake and he fell into the lake because he was too close to the lake but his dad told him not to be so close to the lake so his dad broke his own rules like it was like a whole thing you guys and at the end of those three hours we get in the car and um you know we've got a 30 minute drive home and he's still talking (laughs) and i'm just listening (laughs) And I just was, I I didn't want him to stop talking. I was actually so bummed when I got to our uh, driveway. And I said, thank you so much, son. This was so much fun. And he looked at me and he goes, we have to do this again. Like, he really, really loved it. And I walked in the house and I was downloading with Eddie as I put Moses to bed. And I was telling him about how excited Moses was to tell me everything, all the things. And, um, it hit me. I am Moses's mother, but I have a relationship with my father in heaven. And I just was so overcome. I'm going to get emotional because the way I felt listening. I didn't want him to stop. I was like, keep, what else? And what else? And what else? The way I felt about Moses opening up to me and telling me stuff that like, like, honestly, I don't even remember some of it because I don't know what a bobber is. And you know, the way I felt, please don't stop. Is I know the way that God listens to us. Please don't stop keep telling me whatever time we allot to pray whatever time we allot to oh my gosh I don't know why I'm so emotional I'm talking about my kids so I just go there with my kids I can't handle my my kids are oh my gosh everything but when we go before the Lord and we pour out our hearts we put like some time limit on it or you know it's a last resort a lot of times And I just know that God is up in heaven and he is saying, keep telling me, I want to hear everything. Please don't stop 
Don't stop. Keep telling me. I love this. This warms my heart. This gives me so much joy to hear from you, my daughter or son. And I just was so moved by that. I had to tell you that today, you know, as you are, whatever it is that you are processing, even just processing, I want you to know that the Lord never turns us away. I would never say, Moses, please stop talking. I've heard enough of your whatever. I just want him to talk forever. And that is the way the Lord looks at us. Bring it all to him. Be transparent before him. Tell him things that you think is stupid because it's not stupid to him. Bring it all before him and tell him and develop a more intimate relationship with him by doing it. I was just so moved by my son. I couldn't even handle my own life. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I will see you after the break. And we're going to talk about my girl, Esther, and just what the Lord has been telling me. I'll see you in a sec. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Okay, guys, I am back. I did not mean to cry. I just I can't handle it with my children. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just love him so much. My heart is so tender towards each one of them. Okay, so I want to talk about Esther. Now, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Esther, you should be. Esther is a little book. It's it's so super precious. It talks all about how this woman named, she was actually named Hadassah. That was her name. Uh, she was called Esther, uh, was an orphan, and she was real beautiful. She was gorge, you guys. She was like gorgeous. And she was adopted by her cousin, Mordecai, okay? I'm kind of summing this up for you because I have something that I want to tell you. But she's beautiful. She was adopted by her cousin, Mordecai. Both of her parents were um, were killed. She, she, like I said, was an orphan. And in that time, she just so happened to be of age to be presented to the king because the queen, Queen Vashti, was, you know, made the king mad and was gone. Okay. So the king, hang with me, the king was looking for someone to replace Queen Vashti. Okay. Esther comes into the mix. You can all you can read all of this and it will back up everything I say. Don't take my word for it. Read the Bible for yourself. Esther comes into the mix as well as many, many other women. Okay. The beautiful thing about Esther is when she comes into the mix, uh, she is put through one year of cosmetics before she's sent before the king. One year of cosmetics. Take that, everyone who thinks that I wear too much makeup. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but this is so, uh, this is where I'm like, listen, the Lord knows that women like makeup because of this one particular part. But before she's taken to the king, um, 
she has actually put through six months of like herbal treatments and stuff like that, and then six months of cosmetics. So she is looking good. She's already beautiful, but she's looking good before she goes before the king. She goes before the king. Um, he likes her a lot. He chooses her as queen. And it, the Bible actually says in Esther 2.17, the king loved Esther more than all the women. And she found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins so that he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. That backs up everything I just said. One of the things that Esther conceals from everyone while she's going through this one year of cosmetics while she is, you know, put in this group of women, and you know women like to talk, before she's even made queen, when she's made queen, she conceals this one fact. She is a Jew, okay? Uh, she kind of hides it in her heart. She thinks that she can, like, you know, preserve it and hide it and whatever, and, and she does She does for quite some time. She has already made queen, and no one knows that she's a Jew. As the story goes, hang with me, there's a bad guy. His name is Haman. He sees her cousin, Mordecai, not bowing down to him. He is so angry at this that he makes a decree and sets a date to kill every Jew, period. When Mordecai finds out about this, he mourns. Word eventually gets to Esther, who's concealed the fact that she's a Jew. And there is a moment where Esther has a decision to make. I set this up pretty good for you guys. <laughs> I feel like I skipped a lot, but you can go read it for yourself in Esther. And this moment is what I'm drawn to right now. I'm going to tell you what the Lord, I feel like, has told me to tell you. Through my own study, I was actually praying this morning as I have zero notes whatsoever. Um, the Lord really wanted me to tell you the scepter is extended. And I'm going to set up why. That's what I'm going to talk about. The scepter is extended. The scepter is extended. And this is why I want to talk about this. When Esther found out that there was an edict uh, to kill the entire every Jewish person ever, um, Mordecai comes to her and he says something to her that is incredible. He says to her, I want to read it out of um, Esther 4. Let me just pick it up. I'm going to pick it up in Esther 4. Ooh, let's let's do verse 6. There is a dialogue between Esther through Hathach, um, which is a messenger for Esther. Esther and Mordecai through Hathach is, is having a conversation. I want to pick it up, and I want to tell you exactly what it is. Verse 6. So Hathach went out to Mordecai to the city square in the front of the king's gate. Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. So Haman told the king, I am going to give you 10,000 talents of, of silver. In my study today, that would be about $3 billion with a B, billion dollars that Haman was going to pay King Xerxes uh, to basically kill the Jews. Verse 8, he also gave a copy of the text of the edict which was sent, issued of Susa for their destruction, the Jews' destruction, that he might show Esther to inform her and to order her to go into the king to implore his favor and plead with him for her people. So Mordecai wants Esther to go in and to talk to the king about this edict because Mordecai is a Jew who was a father figure to Esther. Esther was a Jew, and all of the people are literally freaking out because of this edict that was in motion. It was going to happen. As a matter of fact, on December 13th, 12-13, the 12th month, the 13th day, we would say that was December 13th, um, they were all going to die. Okay, they're all going to be hanged. 
pretty graphic, right? Mordecai wants her to go into the king, and uh, verse 9 says this, Hathach came back and related Mordecai's word to Esther. Then Esther spoke to Hathach and ordered him to reply to Mordecai. So Esther is getting all of this intelligence. She doesn't know this is happening. Mordecai is telling her. She's got, he's got proof. He showed her the edict. He, showed, he talked to her about the amount of money that Haman, the bad guy, is going to pay. And this is what she says. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know this is like common knowledge. Everyone knows that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law. He is put to death. Unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. Now, I did a lot of study on what scepter means. It's interesting that scepter can be interchanged with rod or staff. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. It's also a basic scepter. Like we would understand a scepter to be it would be a stick a pole that was decorated with jewels you know all that that you see in all of the history books uh the crown jewels all those kind of things there's a scepter my husband and I actually went to England a couple years ago and we went we saw the crown jewels and there was a scepter in there with like rubies and all the things on it it was really cool okay but it also means rod and a staff I'm going to come back to that in just a second She says, I have not been summoned to come to the king for 30 days. She is saying right here, everybody knows that unless you're summoned by the king, if I show up and he does not want to see me, he can kill me, period. So that's what she's relaying back to Mordecai. Uh, Verse 12, they related Esther words to Mordecai. Verse 13, then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther and say this, do not imagine That you are in the king's palace, that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews, because he knew she was a Jew. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews. I believe he's prophetically talking about Jesus. From another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. I want to talk about this exchange right here. I believe that some of you guys are sitting there and you are, God is asking you to do something in your life and you are absolutely terrified because you know what it may mean for you. A couple of weeks ago, this was my prayer. God had asked me to step in faith my own self. And the reason this, the scepter is extended is in my head is because that's what the Lord told me. I had a meeting. I needed to go to this meeting. I was, uh, I wasn't nervous about the meeting because I knew that God had called me to the meeting. I was nervous about the result of the meeting. Went to the meeting. And the scepter was extended exactly as God told me. I feel like we all can draw a lot from Esther because Esther, before she stepped up to the plate and actually stepped in faith and actually went before the king, she had to come to terms with the fact of what it may cost her. This was not something that... Esther was going to bring to the king that didn't cost her own self. This was something she had to do by herself. I love that the whole everyone is like pro community and small groups and get in 17 small groups and do this thing and do that. But the bottom line is that sometimes you have to get alone with God without your small group, without your three inner circle people. You have to get alone with God without your mom, without your best friend. And you have to trust and forge all of your faith in him alone because it's you and you alone that are going to be facing the king 
asking him for favor by yourself. It's amazing what we've done in community. And the Bible definitely talks about community. Jesus rolled 12 deep. But we don't talk enough about the fact that sometimes your friend is not going to be there for you. Sometimes your husband can't even step in that room with you. Sometimes your kids can't step in that room with you. There are some things that God calls us to do. And he calls us and us alone to do them by ourselves. I love the fact that Esther paused because it shows her humanity. Sometimes we deify these people and we think, wow, Esther, she's so great. She was great. But before she stepped out in faith, it showed a human moment on her part. Mordecai, I don't really want to do this. Do you know why? I could be dead. Everybody knows that. This is not a secret. Everyone in all the provinces and all the people and all the things, they all know that I could potentially die because of it. You might not be facing death personally, but I'm telling you right now, there is, um, I relate to Esther's humanity in this moment. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of me showing up. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of me moving to a different town. I don't know what's going to happen on the other side of me following the Lord's ask. I don't know. We deify her and we move past the humanity that Esther displayed. Mordecai, dude, check this out. I could die. I want you, um, those of you that I'm speaking to, maybe it's one person today, and um, it definitely spoke to me. Take comfort in the fact that though you're stepping out in faith, there is a witness in Esther that's saying, I get exactly what you're feeling. The Bible is chocked full of people that have stepped out in faith that have had a pause like Queen Esther. This is hard. This is scary. I don't know. Guess what? We need to be comfortable with this line. I just don't know what's going to happen. And that's exactly the precious dialogue that she was having with Mordecai. He comes back to her beautifully and he's like, don't you think this is not going to affect you? Don't imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Now, I know at every women's conference for the last 2,000 years, this has been the theme for such a time as this. I totally get it. I understand this may be white noise to you. But when you look at the context of Esther pushing back because of her risk and the wisdom that Mordecai as her cousin slash father figure because he adopted Esther, imparted into her. Now I know we all can see why this is used continually. I want to pose this question to you, those of you that are looking at something and you are absolutely terrified of the result of stepping forward and summoning the king or what, whatever it is that you're facing. God has given you the opportunity to do that. Do you want him to pass you by and give it to somebody else? Who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this? Who knows? This could be your moment. Who knows? Mordecai didn't know, but he was confident in one thing. Deliverance will arise from another place. This is actually a very sobering passage for me as I look back and forth. The other, a couple weeks ago when I was like, I don't really want to do this. I've been so transparent with my life. I really don't want to be transparent anymore. <laughs> 
I've been doing this a long time. I've gotten a lot of judgment. I've gotten a lot of people flap their gums at me, what they like. I really don't want to be transparent anymore. And then Mordecai comes in like a freight train and he says this deliverance. It's going to arise from somewhere else. It's coming. God is faithful. He's going to do what he wants to do. But he wants to do it through you right now. I think one of the my biggest fears ever is me shirking an opportunity that God has set me up for to be used by him in his kingdom, in his story, because I'm scared and giving it to somebody else. This exchange shows Esther's humanity. This exchange shows our humanity. May we not be so prideful that we don't have this type of exchange with someone near and dear to us, with a trusted friend. May we not be so prideful, like, I'm going to do this, whatever. May, may we not be so prideful that we don't overlook our humanity and confess, this is hard for me, to someone that's wise and let them speak into us. This really is, it just captivated me because I think we have a lot of like boss babes, boss, whatever. And, you know, listen, I love that title of of boss babe and, you know, girl boss and all the things. But it takes our humanity out of it and we're still human, aren't we? It takes humility out of it. And deep down inside, we're still human, aren't we? It's refreshing to see that Queen Esther had asked struggled with her humanity and fear. The beautiful thing also is that she was able to come to terms with the fact that though she was scared, she was going to do it anyway. I think that's one of the most courageous things people could do. I think I've, as I've said back and I've like, I've looked through this passage so many times over the past few weeks and just really pulled little nuggets out for my own self. I think I've come to the terms with the fact that that's, that's who I respect. I look at people who are absolutely terrified and they move forward and that's, that's who I seem to respect. I love people that are like, I am so terrified. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. But God has asked me to do this and so I'm going to do this. I have all of these inadequacies. I am so imperfect. But... I'm going to do this because God's asked me to do it. I've recalled several conversations with people that have just been super raw and honest with me. And like, I, I'm just going to be, I don't know. I'm not quite, I don't know. I don't have the education. I don't have any idea, but God has asked me to do this. I really respect people that are honest enough and humble enough to say that out loud. That's what she did. But she pushed through anyway. That's why I think I love her so much. That's why I think she's in the Bible. Here we go. So uh, Mordecai says this. uh, Who knows? Who knows? Like a knife through the heart. If you haven't attained royalty for such a time as this. Then Esther told him, Hathach, to uh, reply to Mordecai, go assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days. Listen, I would have been getting thirsty. Three days is a long time not to not to drink any like Diet Coke or water, y'all. Uh, day and night, and I will have my maidens also fast in the same way. And thus, I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went and did just as Esther had commanded him. Okay, if I perish. I perish. If it fails, it fails. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If I look stupid, I look stupid. If someone laughs at me, someone laughs at me. If my parents don't understand, they don't understand. If people uh, troll me on social media, let them troll me on social media. It doesn't 
matter. The point was not about uh, Xerxes' reply. It was about her obedience in the moment. We want to know the end from the beginning. Only God knows that. We want to know how it's going to turn out. We are obsessed. We worship the, oh, if I, Lord, just help me know how it's going to turn out. Well, sometimes he doesn't let you know that. He just says, do it and trust me. We are a society that worships understanding everything in God's ways. You'll never understand. And Esther, even though God, the the name God is not in this entire book, it is a complete, beautiful story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I can recount it for you in a minute, but just trust me on this. If I perish, I perish. The point is not my success in this moment. The point is my obedience in this moment. The point is not me getting favor with the king, although we're going to pray and we're going to ask God for the point of this moment is me stepping out and doing what God asked me to do. If I perish, I perish. A couple weeks ago when, um, right before I went and had my meeting, that's exactly what I was praying. God, I know that I am here. The result is up to you. I know this step I have stepped in your will. This step. This step. So she goes, they pray, and they fast. God isn't in, but his, the name God isn't in the book of Esther, but um, God's principles and will and favor is all throughout it. Now it came about on the third day, 5-1, third day. Mm, Interesting. That Esther put on the royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's rooms. And the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room. That, That verse says throne like 74 times. Opposite the entrance of the palace. When the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. And the king extended to Esther the golden scepter, which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of his scepter. Now, this is this was the word that I wanted to tell you. She she fasted for three days. Everyone, all the Jews were fasting. All of her maidens were fasting. She was fasting. No food or drink. The moment had come. She walks right, you know, at the end of the the throne room, right? Uh, she's standing there. Xerxes see her, sees her. He hasn't seen her for 33 days. 33 days. Isn't that interesting? Hmm, who lived 33 years? That would be Jesus. Here we go. The king looks at her and he takes his scepter, even though it was unlawful for her to be there. And he extends it. She's able to come in. She asked him three different um, for three different things. One is to dine with her, to invite Haman. And then on the third time, she actually says, this is what Haman is plotting against me. Haman's hung. And eventually the edict is destroyed and Esther saves the Jewish race. But I want to talk about the scepter thing. In my study, it means rod. It means staff. If you remember Psalm 23, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you are to look in the pages of scripture, in Psalm 45, 6 and 7, it says, The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Another passage of scripture in Hebrews 1, it says this, But about the Son, Jesus, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companies by anointing you with the oil of joy. He's talking about Jesus right there. I went over and over all the times that God talks about the scepter being righteousness, the scepter being justice. And the reason why Xerxes 
extended his scepter to Esther is because God was in the extension of the scepter. If Esther would not have gone before Xerxes to ask him to destroy the edict, the covenant of God that he placed with David would have been stopped. The covenant of God that he told David is that, listen, my throne will last forever. And we know that Jesus was came from the bloodline of Jesse through David. Listen, if Esther wouldn't have gone forward, it wouldn't have just been all those Jews that perished. It would have been the race that would have brought forth Jesus. It wasn't just about Esther and her position. It wasn't just about Mordecai and his position or the people that lived as Jews during that day. It was about a much greater plan, which was the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. The scepter was extended because God extended the scepter because he was involved. I want to just say that step or that decision or that whatever it is that you're facing and you're, you're having this, maybe, maybe it's even an internal dialogue of you and Mordecai or maybe you and you <laughs> in your own mind, or maybe you and your mom or you and your husband or you and your wife or you and your child or whatever it is. And you're saying, man, this is risky for me to do this. I don't know what's going to happen. It's not just about you. I had to come to terms with that a couple weeks ago. I don't want really to do this, but it's not about me. The book of Esther is so important because there was a greater plan at work. The extension of Xerxes' hand was the keeping of the covenant that God had made with David. There is a bigger plan at work. And I just want to challenge you guys today, no matter where you are in this walk of faith, no matter where you are and what you're facing, and, you know, if God has asked you to step up, do it. Because you don't even know how many people, how many things that God wants to do as a result of your obedience. The scepter is extended to you because there is a greater plan at work. Trust that the Lord is in it all. Okay, so that's it. That's what I was going to share with you. I hope that encouraged you today. It's straight on my own quiet time and uh, just what the Lord is teaching and, and talking to me about. I encourage you to go read the whole book of Esther. You'll see the gospel right in it. There's a guy who wants to kill everyone named Haman, a lot like Satan. There's a king. There's a there's someone that comes in, sacrifices her life for, you know, all the people. Very reminiscent of the gospel. A lot of similarities in there, even though God is not on the page, not one time. And it's a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in and through us. Okay. All right. I will see you guys after the break. And we're going to talk about a question and what God's doing in your life as well. I'll see you in a second. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope you love that. Sorry that wasn't as greasy as it normally is, um, but it really, truly was from my heart. And I think, you know, some of that stuff maybe you've heard before, but maybe even those that have heard it multiple, multiple times, the reminder of that in the society that we live in, I think is vital. I think it's important. We have a question from one of you. I love this question. I've been reading an older, I don't have a name here, but I've been reading an older translation of the Bible and I find it hard to understand what the verses mean sometimes. What would you suggest for me to do to help me understand the word of God? I pray for God to help me understand, but sometimes I just like to know more. First of all, let me commend you. If this is you, I don't know who you are, friend, for wanting to know more. If you want to know more, God will show you more. So just the very fact that you're like, I want to know more is amazing. A couple tips, just Bible study tips that I like. I actually have a study Bible, okay? My study Bible, I like the NASB 1995. I know there's a new one out there, but I do like the NASB 1995. There is something about it to me that is very user friendly and it is easier to understand for me. Some of some of it might not be as easy as the NIV, but maybe try a different translation, a newer translation. The NASB is very close to the original text, which is why I use that translation. Maybe get yourself a newer translation and also a study Bible, okay? Study Bibles are a little bit more expensive than regular Bibles, but the things that they show you in the notes about, um, we were just talking about scepters, so about scepters and about what a king would do when he used a scepter and biblical times and what different things mean, it will expand your understanding of the text. Another thing that I would suggest to whoever this is out there is I use, I look up the original language a lot. I look up the Hebrew. I look up the Greek a lot when a word from the page catches my eye. So scepter obviously caught my eye before the break. And so I went on a treasure hunt. That's what I call it. A little Bible treasure hunt. Um, and looked up what that word actually was in Hebrew and that's when I got my answer. It was, it could be a rod, it could be a staff, it could be multiple different things. There's a great app that I use. It's called Blue Letter Bible. You can search up anything. It will show you the meaning of the words in the original language. And that expands your understanding of what the text is actually saying. The Bible is so vast. No one has ever seen the end of it. Um, All the little things that you can learn simply by studying one word, it will expand your understanding of what the word actually says. I love numbers. So I'm constantly looking up the biblical numerology behind the numbers in the Bible and what they represent. They are so substantial. My 13 year old son came in my room the other day and he's like, mom, what does 40 mean in the Bible? And I was able to tell him instantly because I've studied it. So what you're reading actually, it means what it means, but it also means so much more when you set your mind to study the scripture. So get a good study Bible, look up the original language, you can find it on Blue Letter Bible. They, they have an app as well. It's a great resource. And also cross-reference. I constantly am cross-referencing scriptures. So in the study Bible, there's in the margin of the study Bible, usually there is like, you know, John three sixteen, And it'll say 16. And then it'll give you five verses that relate back to John three sixteen, and you can look up all of those verses and it will just expand 
John 3.16 for you. So there are so many different ways to do it. Um, but I just commend you on your heart and your desire to actually go for it and dig into God's word. Okay. This next one is, and I'm just going to jump right to it. What God is doing in your life. There are so many things that God is doing amongst us, in us, through us guys. I mean, even in me, like literally every day, God is teaching and training me and I'm growing and I'm trying to press into what he wants for my life, for your, for my family's life, just like you. We got an awesome message in um, this weekend from a family member, y'all, one of y'all that says, I've been working to protect the sweet spirit that God has given me. Um, I've actually met this person in person and um, they say, I may have hit it in a cave with Jesus, but I never let go of him and of his garment. God's releasing me and now he's shifting me. So it's kind of vague, but that's okay. I want you to know that the Lord is amongst us. He's stirring things up in us. He's shifting people. He's moving people. And that is happening like with the people that follow along and listen along here. So thank you for that little blurb of what God is doing in your life. We love you guys so much. Let me pray us out. God, I thank you for the challenge of Mordecai. Deliverance will come from another place. That is so convicting to me. I thank you, Lord, for this, the humanity of Esther to say, ah, you know what happens to people when they do this? God, I thank you for the courage of Esther. I thank you for her coming to the resolve of if I perish, I perish. That's just going to be the way it is. God, I thank you for the truths of this precious book of the Bible. And Lord, I pray that it would encourage those that hear this message today. Lord, we love you. And God, we trust you with every single thing that we do with our lives, our kids' lives, our families' lives, our husbands' lives, our wives' lives. Lord, we trust you with our next steps, with our breath. And God, we can trust you because you have shown us throughout history how faithful you are to us. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. I will see you next week with a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Have an awesome week, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Autumn Mile Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show.